As we open God's Word this morning, let us go to Him in prayer. God, we are so thankful for not only our nation, but all the nations of the world, because we know that it is your heart's cry that all the nations of the world be gathered at your throne to worship you and cry out, Holy, Holy, Holy. Lord, help us to take your mission seriously to make disciples of all nations. Lord, we are so thankful for the freedom that we have to choose you without fear or oppression. God, I pray that more people in the world would have the opportunity to choose you. That Christians would take the responsibility to share the gospel seriously. And we would not only seek to spread freedom, but spread the gospel into every nation. Lord, thank you that true freedom comes from Christ. And we know that you've given him for us, that he willingly came and died for us, that we may be able to even talk to you, talk to you now in prayer, knowing that we can come before your throne with boldness because of what he has done. Now I pray as we look at his teaching that you would speak to our hearts and help us to understand more of what it looks like to be in a relationship with you, to know you, and to be prepared for when you come and you send your son. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, and several years ago, a uh, evening news reporter reported a, this story on a, about a photographer who was also a skydiver, and he went up into this airplane with a number of other veteran skydivers. And this photographer, his plan was to he would jump out of the airplane, and as the veteran skydivers started jumping out of the airplane as well, he would capture them on film and video the whole experience. It would be just a dramatic, action-packed video as he saw each person, one by one, jumping out of the plane and he was capturing it on video. And they would jump out and then they would pull the parachute and it would pop open and he would get them on film. And one by one they would do this. And then eventually, the last one jumped out of the plane and he caught this scene on, on camera and pulled the ripcord and we saw him uh, deploy his parachute and float. And then the camera just went berserk. The picture started going berserk. And the news reporter announced to the viewing audience that this cameraman, this photographer, had fallen to his death because he had jumped out of the plane without a parachute. And he didn't realize it until he went to reach for the ripcord and he found that he had left something in the plane, namely that parachute. And although he was absorbed in what he was doing, he was in free fall, capturing everything on film, he was enjoying what he was doing until it came time to pull that ripcord and then he realized he did not have his parachute. Even though he had done this several times before, he had great skill in skydiving, because he forgot his parachute, there was nothing that could be done. And he fell to his death. Because he did not possess that one thing, that, that parachute. And this story about this, this photographer skydiving out of the plane without a parachute, along with others who had parachutes, parallels this parable of the ten virgins that Jesus tells in Matthew 25 that was read to us earlier. And there are a few truths I want to share with you this morning from this parable. The first one is that 
we must individually be ready to meet the bridegroom when he comes. You know, Jesus tells the parable about the ten virgins, or we might consider them to be, you know, ten bridesmaids as they seek to prepare to greet and meet the groom when he comes. So we must be prepared to meet the Lord when he comes. Jesus says in verse 1, he begins his parable by saying, Then the kingdom of heaven will be like ten virgins who took their lamps and and went to meet the bridegroom. Now in that day, the wedding ceremony was a little bit different than it is today. You know, today you have a wedding. The groom stands up front and the music begins to play. Everybody stands up. You know, the bride comes through the back door there and walks the aisle and we're used to the whole idea of here comes the bride, right? Well, in Jesus' day, in the first century, they were used to not here comes the bride, but here comes the groom. Because the way it would work is that you would have the bride at her home and you would have the bridesmaids or these ten virgins, the bridesmaids, helping her get ready and prepared to meet the groom when he comes. And then you would have the groom and his friends, they would be getting the house ready, you know, for when he comes and, and the ceremony is is performed and they become man and wife so they could go and have their home together. So he's preparing the home. And at some point, he and his friends would go and meet the bride at her house and then they would have this kind of celebratory march back to the home and have the celebration and have a you know party that will last several days. And so they knew this. They knew the, the groom would be coming, but they didn't know when. How long it would take the groom to get things ready. And some of you ladies know how this is. You know how, you know how long it takes some people to get things ready, right, around the house. And so he's working on some projects, you know, whatever, getting the house ready, and then he comes. But we don't know when. Is it going to be 3 p.m., 9 p.m., 3 a.m.? We don't know. But we know he's coming, and what will happen is as he comes, one of his friends will let everybody know, you know, here comes the groom. And everybody would get up and get ready, because it could be 2 in the morning when he comes. And so the bridesmaids, their job was to prepare and get ready with the bride to greet the groom when he comes. And I think one of the main reasons Jesus uses this tradition, this wedding tradition in his parable, is because there's this idea of preparation. You know, they need to be prepared if the groom comes at 2 p.m. or 6 p.m. or 1 a.m. They need to be ready because when that herald says, you know, here comes the groom, they have to be ready. And if they're not ready, it's too late. And so what Jesus does, He tells this parable to a group of followers. Those that are following Him. And He says there are basically two groups of people. And I think you could even say there's two groups of people in the visible church of Jesus Christ. Two groups of people. And He compares them to, you know, you have a wise group, wise virgins, foolish virgins. virgins. And He says that one group knew that the bridegroom would take a while. He would delay. We don't know how long, but he would delay. And so they brought extra oil for their lamps. The other group, the foolish virgins, failed to anticipate the bride's delay, the bridegroom's delay. And when he came, they were unprepared to meet him. And so the wise virgins were prepared. They possessed the oil, but the foolish virgins did not. And the oil... I believe, just represents what we need for salvation. Okay? It's do we have what we need to be right with God when Christ returns? That's the question. 
And I think as you read the New Testament, over and over again you see that the oil that we need, or what we need to be right with God, is faith in Jesus Christ. I just want to share a few verses with you. Acts 4, 11 and 12. This Jesus is the stone that was rejected by you, the builders, which has become the cornerstone. And there is salvation in no one else. For there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Romans 10.9 says, If you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. Romans 10.13 says, For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Ephesians 2.8 For by grace you have been saved through faith And this not of your own doing, it's a gift of God. And so what we see in the New Testament is that the oil that we need to be prepared to meet the Lord is faith in Christ and what He's done for us. And those that were prepared were like the skydivers that jumped out with the parachute. And those that were not prepared are like the photographer that jumped out without his parachute. And what we see is once... For example, those skydivers, once they jumped out, of the, jumped out of the plane, I mean, it was too late to go back. Even though time would continue on forward, you, you cannot go back and put the parachute on once you've already jumped. And there are some things in life that are like that. You just cannot get ready for it once it's happened. For example, you know, your, your teacher may give you a pop quiz. Well, you know, once the quiz is handed out, that's it. Either you know it or you don't. There's no preparing for it, right? I mean, you have to be ready. Or even if he says, we're going to have an exam on such and such day, and if you do not study for it, and he just and it stays scheduled, he gives it to you, either you're prepared or you're not. And it's the same thing with these skydivers. Once you jump out of the plane, either you have the parachute or you don't. And what we see is that there are some things that you just have to be ready for and there are some things that you just cannot do for other people. And that's why the foolish virgins, when the the friend of the bridegroom cried out, here comes the groom, they hopped up, they trimmed their lamps and it says, beginning in verse 7, that as they trimmed their lamps, the foolish said to the wise, give us some of your oil for our lamps are going out. But the wise answered, saying, Since there will, be, there will not be enough for us and for you, go rather to the dealers and buy for yourselves. It was just like if we were to jump out of the airplane, you cannot borrow someone else's parachute. Right? I mean, you can't take someone else's parachute at that point. There are some things you just cannot borrow. And faith in Christ is one of those you know, I, I, cannot have, I cannot have faith in Christ for you, and you cannot have faith in Christ for me. And I believe that you know, Jesus tells this parable to those who are gathered around Him to challenge each person there to be prepared, to have faith in Him. And this parable clearly teaches that we must individually be prepared to meet Christ when He comes. We must individually not only profess faith, but possess faith. Not only say that we're great skydivers, but actually have a parachute. 
you know, have faith in Christ. And so the question is, do you have faith in Christ? You know, are you prepared to meet the bridegroom when he comes? The second truth I want to talk about this morning from this parable is that although we, we cannot give our faith to someone else once we jump out of the airplane, right? Or once, once the cry, the midnight cry goes out or the trumpet sounds and the bridegroom comes, you can't, you can't share your faith with other people because the time has come and preparation time is over. However, before that happens, okay, before that cry goes out, before that trumpet sounds, then I believe we can help others be prepared to meet the Lord when He comes. In other words, we may not allow them to borrow our faith. We can't give them our faith, but we can share our faith. We can tell them how to place their faith in Christ. Now just imagine, if we could, if we could go back in time, okay, and we could all board that airplane with all those veteran skydivers and that photographer, you know, there would be one task that we would all be involved in. And that would be, we'd all go to that photographer and say, do you have your parachute, parachute on? Make sure you have your parachute on. Everybody, make sure you have your parachute on. Feel for it. Make sure it's there before you jump out of the airplane, right? That's what we would all want to do. And I think that's what we see in the parable. Jesus is saying, before this cry even goes out, Jesus, you know, this is before He was even crucified on the cross. He just says, there will come a time when the cry will come out and the bridegroom will come and it will be too late. But in the meantime, not only should you be prepared, but I think we can also see here that we can help other people be prepared. I think that's why Jesus is sharing this parable to the audience that He's sharing it with because He's challenging them, if you're not prepared... Be prepared. Now, we have this unique opportunity as the church to, until that trumpet, that trumpet signals Christ's return, you know, we, we've been given the opportunity to ask people, do you have your parachute on or not? You know, do you have oil in your lamp or not? You know, do you have faith in Christ or not? And it's our mission as the church to give everybody an opportunity that we possibly can to put on Christ by faith. That's our mission. That's, that's what we do. That's what we're all about. And like I said, I think Jesus tells this parable to help us not only individually be prepared, but help those around us to be prepared as well. We need to look around us and ask ourselves the question, are these folks, are my neighbors prepared to meet the Lord? Are my co-workers prepared to meet the Lord? Are my family members prepared to meet the Lord? If not, let me ask them about Christ. Let me share Christ with them and tell them how they can come to know Christ personally. You know, we have to individually, intentionally share the gospel with people around us. Now, I've been a Christian long enough to know, and I've shared my faith enough to know that a lot of different feelings... And a lot of different thoughts go through your mind when you think about asking people if they have faith in Christ. And I can imagine us sitting on that airplane with those veteran skydivers and um, looking at that photographer and thinking to ourselves, you know, I don't know if he has a parachute on or not. But, you know, I don't know if I should ask him. I mean, he's a veteran skydiver. That would be kind of weird, you know, to ask him if he has 
parachute. And maybe I'll just assume he does. Or maybe you look at him and say, well, I can't really see his parachute, but maybe it's a new parachute that you can't see. It's like hidden. And I don't want to seem ignorant and just, you know, that I'm not up on technology and so I don't want to ask him about his parachute. But then obviously when everybody jumps out of the plane and we find out he doesn't have a parachute, we're like, I should not have assumed that he had a parachute. I should have asked him. And none of us want to be in that position where we fail to share the life-changing message of Jesus Christ with someone and then watch them slip into eternity without God. I mean, none of us want to be in that position. And we know that it's the Lord. It's God who draws people to Himself. It's the Lord who changes hearts, but it's the Lord who uses us and He's given us the mission of sharing the Gospel with other people. And I think one thing we see in this parable is that we have the opportunity to help others get prepared to meet the Lord when He comes. So before that midnight cry, before that trumpet sounds, you know, let us consider how we can help others have oil in their lamp, so to speak. Put on the parachute. Have faith in Jesus Christ. And the third truth I want to share with you is that those of us who are in Christ, as we march toward His coming, okay, we can anticipate experiencing greater joy in Him. You know, I love the fact that Jesus, when He's thinking about sharing a story about His second coming, He chooses a wedding. You know, he chooses a very celebratory event. He chooses an event that people look forward to. I mean, this is something that you look forward to. If you're part of the bridal party, I mean, you're looking forward to the wedding. And so he chooses something that everybody's looking forward to. It's, it's, a, it's an event that's exciting. You want, it, you want it to happen. It's not something that's very fearful if you're prepared. It's something that you want to see happen. And all of you probably have been to weddings. Right? Or you've been involved in weddings uh, in one way, shape, or form. Some of you may have like 15 bridesmaid dresses, you know. I don't know. But we've all been involved in weddings. And if you were to ask the bride, okay, what are you most looking forward to on this wedding day? I doubt she's going to say, you know what I'm most looking forward to? The reception. Now the guest may be looking forward to that. But she's not looking forward to that, Right? Her primary focus is marrying the groom. That is the climax of the celebration. Marrying the groom. And is she planning for the reception? Absolutely. I mean, she's planning for it. She's looking forward to it. But the reason the reception is such a great celebration is because of the marriage. And what we see here is the the reason this marriage feast is mentioned in the parable. What a great you know, picture of a, of a celebration, this marriage banquet, this marriage feast, which is actually used in several places in the Scripture to talk about uh, our, you know, uh, going to be with the Lord and Christ coming back and there's this great marriage feast. It's a time of celebration. It's a great thing that happens. But it's a great celebration because of the marriage. Because of the bridegroom. He's the one who makes it a great celebration. And you know, one pastor asked this question. It's a, it's a penetrating question. And it's really stuck with me. He said, you know, let's say 
you were to go to heaven or the new earth and um, all your loved ones were there that died in faith in Christ and there were no disease, no evil. Everything was as it ought to be. But Christ wasn't there. Would you be okay with that? And that's such a penetrating question because it challenges our love for Christ. Does it not? I mean, it challenges our love for Christ. In other words, the bride is not going to say, I'm looking forward to, primarily I'm looking forward to the reception. No, I'm looking forward to the marriage. And the reception is wonderful because of the marriage. Heaven's wonderful because Christ is there. No disease, no death, no evil is great because Christ is there. The marriage feast that is mentioned in the parable is wonderful because Christ is there. And so what he's sharing here in this parable is if you're part of the, if you're part of the bridal party as time marches on and either the Lord comes to meet you or you go to meet the Lord, that there's, a, there's the ability for the Christian to anticipate greater joy and experience greater joy as you get to know Christ better. Here's another penetrating question. Does your heart resonate? Does your heart resonate with what the Apostle John says at the end of the book of Revelation? When Jesus says, I am coming soon, John says, come Lord Jesus. I mean, does your heart resonate with that cry? If you're like me, my heart does not always resonate with that cry. And I have to be reminded of the gospel. I have to continually remember what makes me prepared to meet the Lord. And we need to constantly remember what makes us prepared to meet the Lord. We need to remember that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. We need to remember that whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. We need to reflect on the fact that God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. That whoever believes in Him shall not perish, but have eternal life. We need to recall the fact that it's by grace we have been saved through faith. And we must realize that the only way we can be prepared to meet the Lord is if the Lord prepares us. That is what, it's what He has done. It's not what we do. It's what He has done. We need to recall what He has done through the Gospel and trust in that by faith. And so the question for you is, have you been prepared to meet the Lord? Do you have the oil of salvation in the lamp of your life? Have you put on the parachute of salvation by faith so that you can jump into the arms of God? You know, we must individually, if you're in Christ, and if you're not in Christ, you must individually, we must individually be prepared to meet the Lord. And until the trumpet sounds, we have the opportunity to help others around us prepare to meet the Lord as well. And as we seek to live for Christ, we can experience greater joy 
as that time of His coming comes to a comes nearer to us. Let us pray. Lord, thank You for the, this parable that speaks in several, several ways in that it encourages us to be prepared. It says that if we are prepared, that we will come into the wedding banquet with You. And yet at the same time, it shows us that if we're not prepared, that the door will be shut and You will say that You do not know us. Lord, a wedding is to be a, something that we look forward to. It's a celebration. But it's clear that it's only a celebration for those who want to be with the bridegroom and who are ready, who are prepared in the way that You have said that we need to be prepared. Lord, help us to be prepared to meet You when You come. Help us to have faith in what You've done for us. Help us cling to the Gospel of grace knowing that it's only through what You've done that we can be prepared to meet You. And in the meantime, until we hear that sound, until we hear that cry, that trumpet, that announces Your coming, help us to help others be prepared. And help us to experience greater joy as we anticipate Your coming. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.